Welcome to the CompuSchmooze podcast. I'm Steve Lubetkin, author of the CompuSchmooze column that appears monthly in the Jewish Community Voice of Southern New Jersey on the web at jewishvoicesnj.org. Inadequate staffing at assisted living facilities is going to become a bigger and bigger problem. Diminished quality of care for seniors is going to drive up Medicare costs, but there are some people who think that technology might provide a solution. Today on the CompuSchmooze podcast, we talk with Philip Regine, the CEO of Xantheon, which deals with artificial intelligence-based solutions centered around the need for care with dignity and decreased economic burden. Some of the statistics are startling. The Texas Center for Nursing Workforce Studies reports a 97% staff turnover rate for certified nurses' aides and an average 90% turnover rate for registered nurses and licensed vocational nurses. There is some evidence of the decline in the quality of care. In one case, a medical malpractice lawsuit was filed against a Maryland-assisted living facility after the plaintiff's father fell three times in a single day and then died due to coverage gaps in monitoring him. At the Lachlan Healthcare Center in Greenville, Tennessee, visitors saw a facility resident walk outside, fall over in the parking lot, and then head into a wooded area before he was reported missing and brought back to the facility. Fall-related emergency room care cost $750 million in 2015. That's not including Medicare's $29 billion paid out for non-fatal fall-related injuries, as well as Medicaid's $8.7 billion and $12 billion by private and other payers. In New Jersey, low wages combined with heavy labor have combined to create a public health disaster affecting patients and caregiver professionals. The growing crisis affects 22,000 New Jersey residents, and despite this, wages remain low. Professionals in the healthcare industry take home an average starting salary of $10.50 an hour. That's less than the starting salary at Costco, $11.50 an hour, and Walmart, $11 an hour, and dramatically below the $15 an hour minimum that Amazon is putting in place for its employees beginning November 1st. Xantheon, the company that Phil Regine started, is providing artificial intelligence-based solutions for senior care. We spoke with Philip Regeny from his office in California. Philip, thanks for joining us on the CompuSchmooze podcast. Thank you, Steve. So we have this problem with uh, getting caregivers for people in uh, nursing homes and assisted living facilities. Talk a little bit about what the landscape is that you've been seeing and how you think that uh, artificial intelligence can help. Uh, the, the landscape for caregiving is, is that we, we simply have a, a major demographic shift in our society. And, um, and the economics don't support uh, the the attraction of the job for uh, the cohort between 24 and 55. Um, that's the supply. So the the average wage um, for caregivers in the United States is twenty six thousand um, dollars. That's that's the eighth lowest wage position. That uh, that makes it hard to attract people. And of course, because of supply and demand, um, th- that's that's been going up lately. But there's there's more to it than that. Um, it's a it's a difficult position from a, a physical perspective and from an emotional perspective. You, you can imagine that they're lifting people all day, um, helping people in the showers, um, helping them with their toileting. So there there's a lot of physical activity 
and uh, consequently, it's it's one of the it's the third uh, most claimed uh, workman's compensation job in the United States. So the, there, there's a lot of difficulties in in caregiving, um, and in order to offset that, you you need to be able to provide something that that makes it attractive, and th- that's what it comes down to. It's it's not like um, uh, senior communities don't want to attract personnel. It said it's very difficult for them to get it. So they're cutting into their profit margins, um, raising the salaries, and uh, trying the to attract people smart with senior uh, care better quality platform of, makes the difference between a minor incident so and a fatal one. Artificial intelligence help with this stronger dilemma. for longer um, with better decisions, lower costs, getting people in and a higher quality of existence. Connected closely to rising wages, but you have other ideas. Um, yeah, um, I, from the the quality of their work um, has well. I, let's hit the major points first. Is that the the, the number one retention issue is uh, management employee relations. Um, that's mostly due to the pressure that um, that they're both under, managers and employees, um, having a resource deficiency. So the the first thing is to attract people by you can get more salaries. information about well, Xanthion's products there, and services um, making at Xanthion Z A N T H I O N dot com. So efficiency has to do with limiting critical events that take people away from take staff away from uh, performing their duties and to getting that staff to duties more efficiently so if you look at the landscape across all industries for the last 20 years what we've seen is is the measurement and and then the application of analytics and now ai to improve processes so uh, an excellent company for that is ups Actually, when you look at successful companies, is uh, the the analysis of um, how you get something from one place to another uh, just in time, and uh, this is the same thing that that we're doing in assisted living and and senior care is that we're we're creating a JIT platform where you uh, get the workers to a need at the point where it's needed, and or prior to that need. That's where AI comes in. Is, is being able to predict a future need before it becomes a critical event. So how exactly are you utilizing AI in a healthcare setting? Okay, so our, our, our AI is, is nascent, um, and it, it falls under the category of advanced adal- analytics. Although we are, we're, we're promoting and, and working on AI that, um, th- that is much more advanced. So the way that, the way that AI in, in assisted living and senior care uh, demonstrates itself is, is, is by looking at um, a, a set of parameters that uh, characterize an environment and then using those parameters to, uh, to, to predict something. So an example of that is um, using a, a, a bed exit or a bed alarm, nurse call system, uh, 
the data that's associated to the lights coming on and going off in a room, the data that's associated to how often they exit a bed, uh, the data that's associated to uh, their heart rate and uh, their their oxygen intake and how quickly they move. All of these all of these are are put into a, a table basically that that um, is an analyzed for a, a group of a large number of people that and with an event that's associated to them. So uh, an example of uh, a hospital that's currently using this, that's got real measured data is uh, El Camino Hospital, which has reduced falls by 39% using the exact same mechanism that we use. Um, I, I, that, that's going to be the tip of the iceberg. The, the real and this is all over healthcare. This isn't just senior care. I, I know that you know that that Apple has got a big push for healthcare and their products, and it, and it's where everybody's going, which is to measure things in real time, and to use that analysis of large groups of people with an event that's been determined to uh, predict that event coming, and then apply a protocol that that effectively mitigates it. So as one example, you talk uh, a bit about uh, the fact that one of the most common issues with the elderly is the uh, increased incidence of people falling. And part of that is a lack of uh, health care supervision or caregiver uh, stress that they're not available to, to prevent those falls. How does AI assist in reducing the economic impact of that? Well, uh, you know, falls are this year, $40 billion. And, and for the assisted living communities, um, getting someone to the person uh, prior to a fall um, and or rapidly after a fall um, makes it so that they can uh, you know, either put them in clothing when they do fall, they don't get hurt. So that's uh, for people that are frail, making sure that uh, you understand who's become frail because people don't you know, they, they pass into frailty. They, they're just not frail the whole time. And, uh, and when you know that they're going to become frail or that they're passing into it, you put into, you know, you put them in walkers, you, you apply protective clothing, you apply bed eggs alarms, you make sure that you have uh, just in time delivery. When you see that they're, they're shaking, you can't, you can't avoid all falls, but you can mitigate falls by 30, 40, 50%. Are there some other actions? And, be- and of course, that financially, that's a huge gain, right? That each fall is between a thousand and fifteen hundred dollars just to transfer it along. The average fall cost is thirty six thousand dollars for them, and uh, the liability uh, for the for the communities is is very high. Are there some other actions that could be taken to reduce falls? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of actions that can be taken to re- reduce falls. So, um, yeah, the first thing is is to identify those who have the highest probability of falling. Uh, that, that in part is AI. Uh, also just uh, observation. Um, to, re- to reduce the cause- causes of falls, um, th- that, that's making sure that your environment is safe all the time, which is, which is pretty much doing rounds and, and checking for the quality of the environment, you know, removing 
uh, sharp edges, any kind of rugs, uh, slick floors, that type of thing. Uh, reducing the probability of injury when they do fall, which is uh, partially removing sharp corners, but also making sure that they're wearing a seat belt, which would be protective clothing. And, um, and then reducing uh, the risk of uh, post-fall acute trauma, which has to do with uh, familiar, how fast you get to them uh, after a fall. And, um, and then what type of behavior you have when you do get to them, which has to do with making sure that you touch them, make eye contact, and uh, be a familiar person to them. You have some uh, ideas for what would constitute really great health care for older Americans? Oh, yeah, I've got, I've got a lot of those, Steve. Um, the first thing is, uh, years ago, w- when the auto industry was ramping up, uh, you, you know we zoned America for, for transport using autos. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't think about the demographic of having 20, 25% of our population being uh, seniors aging in place. So uh, when you think about seniors aging in place and and being located in rural America where it's been zoned for housing only, their, their access to, uh, to each other and uh, to community is reduced significantly. In other words, um, that they'd have to take an Uber to Starbucks. And um, and for seniors, the most natural way to age is is to stick around their neighborhood. And um, and to do that, we really need to rezone. Um, and, and it'll come about naturally because of the number of seniors that'll be located in communities as time goes on, uh, they'll, they'll recognize that need. We, I think we have a dietary problem in America. Uh, 40% of our seniors are, are going into um, old age, obese, and um, that brings around, along all sorts of complications, uh, including uh, 33% uh, higher probability of dementia, which is a, a huge economic impact on America. Um, they, they also have all those things that go along with uh, being obese, which is diabetes and macular degeneration. So so making sure that our diet in America is, is a lot better uh, when we're passing into old age will Im- improve performance greatly and minimize healthcare costs. Uh, augmentation is is a, a really key issue for seniors uh, these days we're, we're getting better and better at at uh, under you know, improving eyesight and, and uh, new hearing aids are, are incredibly good we have TVs that can increase the size of font um, you can ask for the TV to be read to you keeping uh, seniors uh, minds active and making them valued in society is a key component of, of aging gracefully uh, for that, we actually just need to have a social change. Uh, seniors are, are pretty much shoved off to the side, even though they have a lot of um, value that they could add to us in terms of wisdom and knowledge of, of all sorts of industry and, and fields. Um, but because they're over a certain age, we feel like they don't have a value in terms of input, and they most certainly do. So uh, that's, a, that's a cultural change. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, we have, I, I've got three more. Uh, familiarity of presence. Um, it, it's, it's not an effective system to uh, move someone who feels comfortable into a new setting, who's already suffering from some kind of dementia or, uh, uh, or uh, uh, a lowering of their mental skills. 
um, to move them into an unfamiliar setting with unfamiliar people. It, it, it's better to uh, make them safe where they're at if you can do it. And uh, our response system is ridiculous. It's 30 minutes on the average right now. And uh, that's because they're inundated and don't have the resources to support them. So let me ask you a, a multi-part question. We have a healthcare in- infrastructure that's now moving towards being more digital, being more electronic. Doctors' records tend to transfer. People have access to online portals. How do you integrate artificial intelligence into that infrastructure? And along the same lines, how how does a senior turn their home if they want to age in place into a smart home or at least a more intelligent home? Okay, so I didn't expect that question, but I'll, I'll throw out what I think. I, I, I expected the home piece, but but the part about integrating uh, health records, the, the records that a community keeps themselves, that's that's easily available and, and easily utilized. When you start talking about the healthcare system, we, we really haven't dealt with uh, the privacy issues of data very well. It's it's easy, and, and our company does this, it's easy to separate data from who it's associated to. Uh, you know, a random number that, that has no connectivity um, and, and then the data associated to them is is an easy way to, to manage large sets of data and be able to analyze it. But, but that is not what's going on. Right now, the, the way that we're doing this is that we're so worried about the privacy because of insurance and healthcare costs um, that, that we're not actually being able to use the data that's available to us in a way that maximizes its potential. So if we could get over this construct of thinking that um, that the data is going to be used to harm us and start thinking about how the data can help us, we would be much better off. Having that data available in large groups, in large data sets, uh, allows us to determine protocols that are most effective for dealing with things. And, and we currently don't do that. So it would be huge for the conversation to, to move towards accessibility of data instead of the fear of keeping that data safe. Um, that's, that's my personal opinion on that. In terms of smart homes, I, I truly believe over the next 10 years that, um, that more than 50, the pre- 50% of the people that are currently moving into uh, senior communities that are managed will stay in their homes because of all the technology coming down the pipeline. That, uh, first of all, self-driving cars are a huge advantage to seniors. Um, uh, when that comes, even Uber itself, but we need to be able to help them into the cars. That's an issue. Um, we'll, I think there'll be automated systems for helping seniors off the floor, which is a big deal. Right now, we have uh, 75% of the consumption of our our, uh, our emergency services going to serve that 14%, which are the seniors. Um, and, and they're doing it oftentimes to just help them off the floor where they don't have to take them to the hospital. So having services and systems in place that that manage that, communities that manage that, that'll go a long ways towards uh, keeping seniors aging in place gracefully. Um, we currently don't really have a, uh, a managed system that that's uh, global in the United States for assessing uh, living conditions for seniors on a regular basis, um, which which would 
lower the costs of senior care immensely. So what's happening is seniors are aging in place in uh, cluttered environments where uh, when they do fall, it costs us $36,000 and they're falling because their environments aren't safe. That's something we can take care of easily. Um, yeah, I, so when you talk about a smart home, what you're really talking about is assessing that home and maximizing the use of that space for someone who's aging, which means changing the handles on the doors, changing the level of the seating, making sure that uh, there's no sharp corners, um, eliminating rugs in their environment, eliminating uh, slick surfaces. You know, so that that's one piece of it. The other piece is um, making sure that they wear their seatbelts, which is protective clothing, once they reach that frail part of their aging, um, so that they maintain confidence. And, um, and then the last piece of that is uh, community involvement and notification in a way that's effective for the seniors, which uh, means that uh, a, a single 911 number is uh, less effective than something that uh, notifies people that they need help that are their community members. And right now that that may not be as effective because we don't have as many seniors living in a community that are connected to them. But as time goes on, that density will increase vastly over the next 10 years and it'll become a very practical way to do things. Also create a cohesive cohort of seniors that know each other in their environment. So uh, Smart House is basically assessment improvement for livability um, and uh, notification that uh, ties the community together. Phil, do you have any other thoughts on uh, how assisted living facilities can implement artificial intelligence and how that would benefit the residents and the staff? Um, yeah, I, I, I think that the main thing about um, AI is, is that it it first eliminates false alarms, which eliminates, um, uh, you know, the use of a resource when it could be used someplace else better. The, the second thing it does is it, is it gives you predictive capability. If you think about, um, if you think about how a, we have to observe things, we don't get to observe it 24 by 7. We observe it in rounds, same with hospitals. Well, that's, that's not as accurate as AI, which is getting uh, data uh, real time. So uh, in that in that respect, putting sensors in place, measuring uh, health in real time, um, that that creates a system that allows us to predict uh, behavior and, and need. So uh, that's a vast improvement for them. Um, and and the last thing is uh, that pattern recognition on on protocols, which is what is the best way. Uh, to uh, deal with uh, drugs. So drugs, drug interaction in uh, senior care is a drug interaction and lack of communication in senior care is one of the major reasons for falls. So drug interaction, Stanford now has a, a uh, an AI library that you that's free right now that you, that you can submit the drugs that someone's taking and it'll tell you what their interaction is. The communication of what someone's eating and, and what they've taken um, isn't always in that pass down between uh, employees, staff that are taking care of the seniors and uh, having an automated process that that, uh, that takes care of that is, is a piece of that AI equation. Philip, are there any other things that uh, you think are important to mention about AI in, in senior caregiving that maybe I didn't ask you about? 
uh, uh, my feeling is is that uh, we haven't seen anything yet. I I think that um, that most uh, predictions of uh, AI are fall far short of of what it's what it's eventually going to do for us all, and that uh, the majority of what AI will do is is be able to assess and predict things in real time. Um, and and for all of us, that means that uh, we can have much better uh, performance in, in our health. And, uh, and I think the protocols uh, that come out of AI, which really is assessing what's been done and what's been most effective, um, will be a, a big win. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very optimistic about AI's ability to help us uh, across the board in every industry, specifically senior care. Philip, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you, Steve, and best of days to you. Philip Regeny is the CEO of Xantheon, a company in California that's addressing the care gap for seniors in assisted living and nursing facilities with artificial intelligence-based solutions. For the CompuSchmooze podcast, I'm Steve Lubetkin. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you out there on the net. Take good care. 